Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Another brand new edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides and Bill Meltzer going to join us in just a second as uh, Sammy Kapanen will be our guest on this episode. For, uh, the NHL Draft Lottery coming up tomorrow night. The Flyers will find out where they'll be drafting in the 2022 NHL Entry Draft in Montreal. Will it be one? Will it be two? Will it be four, five, six? We'll see. We'll get that answer. Back in 2017, when they moved up from 13 to 2, they had that year a 2.2% chance to move up to number one. Can't move up that far anymore. Uh, but they had a 2.4% chance to move up to number two, which they did. And the Devils moved up from five that year to number one to take Nico Heischer. And they had an 8.5% chance to move up to number one, which happened. Flyers have a 9.5% chance to move up to number two or number one, excuse me, this year. We'll see how it plays out with the NHL Draft Lottery. But on this episode, joining me to talk with Sammy Kapanen from NHL.com, HockeyBuzz.com, and PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, it's Bill Meltzer. And Sammy Kapanen joins us right now from Finland. Sammy, how are you? Good. Thank you, guys. Uh, pleasure to be in the show. And uh, it's, it's going to be a good ride. Uh, I'm excited about being back as, uh, as a flyer. How did, all, how did all this come about? Well, I I stopped uh, playing hockey at 2014 and age of uh, 41. I wanted to uh, keep pushing myself uh, a lot longer than I expected. And at that point, uh, I kind of figured out that uh, I could have a chance to play with my son in the pro level here in Finland. And uh, that's why I kind of kept playing. And uh, once we got that one uh, done, I uh, wanted to be... Uh, part of uh, coaching so uh, I, I took about six years and uh, different levels uh, being a coach and, uh, and then I uh, tried uh, as a player agent about a year and a half uh, close to two seasons before I figured out that uh, I need to get back at uh, working uh, for a team uh, trying to achieve something as uh, as a team and uh, I, I figured out that I gotta approach uh, NHL clubs. I uh, made my uh, CV and uh, sent it over to uh, many teams and uh, the Flyers, they showed a uh, real interest on uh, right from the get-go and uh, they, they made it clear that, that they want to uh, find a way uh, to get things done and uh, work together and uh, so it was easy decision for me uh, to come back. Um, Sammy, while you were still playing with the Flyers, uh, you you know, you were an owner, a majority owner for uh, Kalpa. And uh, I know that Kimo Timonen and uh, and uh, Scott Hartnell also had small interests in the team. I'm curious, you know, if you obviously you've stayed in touch with Sammy, but if you stayed in touch with the, uh, with, with uh, Kimo, if you stayed in touch with those guys kind of about, you know, what's what's gone on with the uh, Flyers organization over the years? Uh, not lately, no. And uh, I, I ended up uh, selling my uh, my shares of uh, the Calpa as the owner, uh, two thousand twenty, about two years ago. Uh, there's a rules in the Finland that if you want to be a player player agent, you cannot have any uh, commitments uh, with uh, with the team. So uh, I, I made a decision that I, I wanted to uh, be an agent and uh, ended up selling the team. But going back to your question, I have not talked with uh, Kimo or Scott about uh, the Flyers and uh, where they at. And at the same time, uh, I've been eyeing on all the years uh, how Flyers are doing. And so I have a certain understanding uh, where we at right now. And uh, I ended up visiting there the last week. 
Uh, I wanted to see some uh, ASL games uh, before the season is over, so uh, it's easier for me to uh, adapt and understand uh, what Samu Tuomala is lacking right now and uh, where we at at his level comparing to uh, ASL was the one uh, NHL game uh, against Pittsburgh. So uh, I wanted to kind of update my, my knowledge of uh, Northern American hockey. Sammy, you have a unique position because you're working in player development and pro scouting. And w- when you look at that, you know, in North America, kids coming out of the CHL or even the collegiate ranks now, it seems like players are more ready to make the jump to the NHL or pro hockey, the AHL, than they've ever been. Uh, you know, younger players is becoming a young man's league. Is the same? Is that the same case for European players? Is that more of a curve to adjust because of the rink sizes and those kind of things and the way the game's played in North America? Or is that, you know, kind of sped up as well, where these players are more ready physically, emotionally, maturity-wise to jump to the NHL? Well, I think it's a little bit the same thing over here. Uh, more and more younger players. Uh, I think uh, financial is a one thing, uh, especially in the Finland, that uh, uh, usually the younger players, they are a little less expensive uh if you have a talented young player offensively, he can he can with the right kind of a players he can produce. So uh, you get a fairly cheap player, good player for not that much of a money. But uh, I I think it's a lot to do. Uh, probably the individuals they are level headed somewhat and uh, kind of they know what they want and they've been working maybe kind of specializing uh, just playing hockey on earlier age. Uh, but I would say the major difference of why the young players are ready to play in NHL level right now is probably the rule changes. It's, uh, it's not that physical, you know. There's not clutching and holding, and uh, there's not that many open eyes hits, and it's not that physical. It's still part of the game, but it's not the major effect. And uh, it's more about kind of skills and uh, reading the plays. And uh, on that one, you don't need to have uh, that much experience and kind of physically, you can be a little bit raw if you have a good skills and a good skating, and you can kind of get around it. Well, I, I think that's a major thing. Uh, Sammy, you, you you referenced that you're you're working with uh, Samu Tomala. Uh, Samu actually went into this year with with some options. Um, you know, he decided to try to play in the American Hockey League right away. Maybe he was a little overmatched. Um, you know, he could have played junior hockey in Canada, ultimately decided his best course was to go back to Finland for the rest of the season and and, and try to play the league. And I know he struggled a little bit. So, you know, where, where do you think he's at in terms of his game and uh, and, and what are the next steps in, in developing him you know, into into a pro player and hopefully eventually down the line in NHL or? Well, I, I think it's uh, what happened last season and happened and uh, they – I think uh, ended up being uh, some mistakes made on uh, where to play, uh, to play in the juniors or play in the AHL. Um, I, I think end of the day uh, is is up to a player to make uh, the certain decisions, and uh, he he wasn't kind of by the book uh, how he ended up going. Uh, Samu uh, came back to Finland, and I will. Bobby say now afterwards that I, I hope that I was already working uh, with the fires as uh, I could not see that uh, the team that he ended up uh, going 
puppi uh, his style of a hockey team uh, they are a little more kind of like a defensive minded uh, physical and uh, bruising team and uh, Samu is uh, young and flying and offensive minded players so uh, the matchup wasn't that good and uh, he the good thing is uh, he got to go and uh, play uh, the remaining of the season uh, in uh, other club, uh, Mikkelin Jukurit. And uh, what makes it uh, interesting of uh, that team is uh, only Jokin and the former 1,000 plus player, uh, uh, the game player in NHL. He's a head coach of uh, that club. So uh, I'm really looking forward. I'm hoping that the summer will play uh, the next season uh, for only Jokin and uh, that way. Uh, he can uh, take those amazing steps uh, as a player towards the NSL. All these uh, good calls uh, that can uh, help uh, individuals a lot. And a uh, good example is uh, Artu Ratu. Uh, I believe that he's a second round pick from the last year by uh, Islanders. Uh, Artu Ratu, he's in uh, his other club team here in Finland and uh, he got traded early part of the season uh, to Ole Jokinen's team and he ended up uh, being a point per game player for 40 plus games. So um, that's something that I'm hoping that the Samu can uh, repeat under uh, Ole Jokinen's eyes and uh, the city is about two hours of away uh, where I'm living so uh, it's a short distance for me to visit Samu and uh, help him uh, throughout the season. But we need to have a really good off-season with Samu. It all starts from uh, getting stronger, adding some power, strength. Uh, that's going to help uh, even more his skating. And uh, the other thing is uh, we, we need to uh, get on the ice as much as possible and uh, gain back the confidence on his shot. He's a tremendous uh, goal scorer, so uh, he needs to get good reps on and uh, finding the confidence as a goal scorer. Sammy, along those lines, you know, I remember talking to Jochen Grumberg, uh, I think it was last offseason, about the kind of the, the European model of developing players from, you know, Bantam Midget all the way up into their draft year. And one thing that Jochen had mentioned was players weren't on the ice all year round like they are here in North America. Every kid's got a skills coach starting at Squirt or Pee Wee at this point. And it's hockey, 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 12 months a year. But over in Europe, he was saying that a lot of the kids, they'll put their bag away for a little bit. They'll play another sport. Is, is that the case in Finland right now uh, with the elite players that are coming up? Are they taking a break from hockey? Because in a lot of ways, I think that could be a good thing in, in the development of players and the transferable skills from from other sports. It, it is and it's not. I, I think it's been uh, that way uh, for longer period of time and uh, it's just unfortunately uh, looks like uh, we here in Europe are kind of approaching uh, how it's done in uh, over there that the more and more players in a young age they specialize on playing just hockey and that uh, there are some good things I, I think you can uh, peak as a, as a professional player maybe a little earlier but same time for long run, I'm not sure if that's the ideal that totally you're not right. learning the certain uh, coordination of your body and uh, hand-eye coordination and uh, kind of deflecting the pucks of the air and uh, kind of managing uh, the bad pass or if it comes to a skate, that, uh, how to uh, kind of keep your motion and uh, receive the pass and uh, using your skate and if you play soccer it's probably a little bit easier mm -hmm. so uh, those kind of uh, things uh, should 
be kept in the mind by a lot of times of the young players and maybe other parents that they are so eager to get so much early on that you don't see uh, the big picture. And uh, that way, I think uh, the teams over here in Europe are trying to, uh, in uh, off-season, uh, include uh, on a different sports on uh, maybe in off-season workouts or playing soccer or they playing uh, uh, kind of like at the game uh, where you tossing the soccer ball and uh, whenever you receive the pass you're not allowed to move so all the other four players they need to move and get available so uh, uh, the player with the ball can pass it and uh, creating kind of different kind of a game so a little bit like a basketball but with the basketball you're not allowed to triple so those kind of things. So I think it's a, it's a good thing to do something else than just kind of skating and taking shots. That, that's about educating the parents, though, isn't it? It, it is. It is. And at the same time, I, I think uh, the teams, that uh, they need to be uh, really wise uh, about it. That one, if uh, you see that, that the kids are not playing other sports, so you've got to find a way to include a different kind of a games training. into uh, uh, training and uh, off-season workouts. So, uh, yeah. Sammy, when you first were a young player uh, in the NHL, um, uh, I guess a couple of years in your career, the NHL was getting bigger and bigger and bigger at that point. It was probably a little bit, you know, the a reaction to what the Legion of Doom line did, did in Philadelphia. But it seemed for a while that it was kind of hard for smaller players to even, even get a look. You were an exception because of your speed and your hockey sense and your all around, you know, all around ability and competitiveness. But there, there were guys who probably could have played in the league that didn't have that opportunity. It's changed. Uh, I think over a number of years to where, you know, now you see uh, smaller forwards get the opportunity to play in the league and they've succeeded. And even, you know, in smaller defensemen, particularly, um, you know, there, there was a time there was a time where really smaller defensemen, unless they were like Brian Rafalski or something, and even even <laughs> took time for the league to give him an opportunity. You know, the you see you see a mix of body types and, and you know, sizes and, and, and whatnot in the game today. To you, has that been one of the, the biggest positive changes over the years that you've seen? Uh, I think it is uh, the, the, the most positive thing is uh, that the game is played uh based on to uh, skating uh, skills, passing and uh, ability uh, to make the plays. And uh, if you're smart and if you have a good kind of sound team, you the best offense and uh, the best defense is basically playing offense. Having uh, the long puck possessions, uh, the long cycles in the offensive zone and uh, retrieving uh, rebounds and uh, kind of holding on to a puck and uh, if you have a chance uh, to hold on to a play, a kind of like a turn back, play to a demon, uh, the forwards, they can change uh, once uh, the, the demon are holding on to a puck and uh, that the next line is as a fresh line, they get to start their shift as uh, in, in offense. So uh, those are kind of a type of a things that uh, you are more capable of doing with the rule changes. And, uh, and that way, I really like it. And uh, when it's played, with the rules that we have uh, in NHL right now, uh, it doesn't matter the body type. It doesn't matter that much. It's more about your understanding of the game, uh, the, about the skill level. And by the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all about the heart too. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a skilled player, but you're lacking that, that the passion and uh, the fire. 
um, it, it's not going to work out. So end of the day, it's, it's about the attitude uh, quite a lot. Sammy, let's look at the, the scouting angle here and in your home country. Uh, there's a lot of good Finnish players in this league right now. Miko Rantanen, you've got Barkov, Aho, Rupe Hintz. They they got a kid named Kasperi Kapanen that's playing too. I think you're pretty familiar with. Yeah. Uh, I guess you pull your RV. Uh, what's the young talent like coming up in Finland right now? Well, it's, it, it keeps coming, and uh, I think uh, it, it works at that way. Uh, these guys that, that you mentioned, Sebastian Aho, Temu, uh, Teuvo Teräväinen, in Carolina, these guys, uh, they are examples uh, for young Finnish players and uh, the kids, they, they want to uh, find a way to ful- fulfill their dreams. So uh, they, they keep looking at eyeing on what these guys are doing and then they go on the ice and uh, they, they want to repeat it. And uh, it's giving them the confidence. So if these guys, uh, they can do it, I, I should be capable of doing it. And, uh, I'm I'm seeing this on on a daily level right now uh, that the Casper is playing in an NSO and uh, he he has made his uh, dream uh, to come true. His younger brother is a 2003 born, uh, late 2003 born, so he's a uh, draft eligible uh, in upcoming draft, and uh, he's been working his ass off last little while and uh, kind of he has his favorite players that uh, he's he's watching every day in the first thing in the morning having a breakfast that uh, he's looking at the highlights how uh, they've been playing and how his brother has been playing so that's the way it works and it doesn't matter if you're from finland if you're from the F- sweden they eyeing on the swedish players or the canadian idols and uh, they they just kind of go at it and uh, the world is getting so small it doesn't matter basically where you where you're living uh, everything is available there's all kind of applications and uh, you can uh, see the games you can see the highlights and uh, you get all the data on and stats and uh, it's all on uh, kind of like a couple couple uh, buttons and uh, you can see it all last question for you sammy i, I want to talk about you know we just talked about some great nhl forward skaters um, the Finnish style of goaltending was a boom in the NHL years ago. Pekka Rene came over, and the Finnish style of goaltending really took off at the NHL level. UC Soros is, you know, one of the elite NHL goaltenders right now. Uh, that is a Finn. You have some other uh, Finnish goaltenders in the league. Anti Ranta, we're hoping he comes back. Vili Husso's grabbed that crease in St. Louis, and Tuka Rask looks like he's wrapping it up. But where's the yeah. state of Finnish goaltending right now? Well, I think we still have uh, the prospects uh, up and coming, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, we could see uh, uh, the young Finnish goalies uh, to make it to NSO, but the competition is so so stiff right now in that, that position, and uh, only uh, one one goalie at the time can uh, get the ice time, so uh, yeah. it's not easy. Um, I, I think uh, what happened uh, is that the Finnish uh, goaltending and uh, coaching uh, it was such a high level and uh, so respected that what happened uh, about 10, 15 years ago uh, that the Russians, they started to uh, yep. uh, buy, buy the services from uh, the Finnish uh, goalie coaches and uh, they've been spending uh, the last decade over there in, in uh, KHL helping the teams and the young prospects and uh, we see how many uh, great Russian goalies are taking over the NHL and uh, I think it's at least partly uh, the reason is uh, the Finnish uh, uh, coaching on, on that one so uh, 
I think it's it's been a good thing uh, that the level of the coding has been uh, rising and uh, the challenge is uh, up and uh, the Finns uh, they gotta find a way to match on uh, the level of uh, other goalies in order uh, to make it to NHL. Yeah, you see it. I mean, Shosturkin, Sorokin, Samsonov. I mean, they're just nonstop Kolosov is going to be coming for the Flyers. And, you know, we see so many of the Russian goaltenders. And that with that Finnish influence in their game, you can see it plain as day. Sammy, congratulations on the, the new position. Uh, we're looking forward Thank to you. talking to you down the road as well. Stay well, and, and thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks, Sammy. Sammy Kapanen joining Bill Meltzer and Jason Martinez on Flyers Daily. Always great to hear from Sammy. Uh, Bill, a draft lottery coming up on Tuesday. We got into that. Um, as, as we get to this point now, I'm thinking a lot about the coaching situation lately. Um, going through all these different ideas in my head, I keep hearing Elliot Friedman talking about Bruce Boudreaux and a decision needs to be made out there. And, you know, Fritch keeps saying, I wonder if Chuck Fletcher is going to ask for permission to talk to Bruce Boudreaux. Now, you know Elliot Friedman. I know yeah. Friedman. Uh, he has now said that he said that three times last week, once on NHL Network Radio, once on 32 Thoughts, and once on Jeff Merrick's radio show. Elliot Friedman doesn't say that unless he's hearing that. Yeah. This is a likely yeah. scenario that Chuck's maybe asking for permission from Jim Rutherford to talk to him. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. Um, you know, they're kind of they with with Boudreaux and the Canucks, they seem to be a little bit of loggerheads. Um, they haven't extended them yet. Uh, you know, so and then Boudreaux has his own opt out. So I, I could see you know, I, I could see the Flyers asking for permission if and, and you know, I mean I think some of it goes right into the fact that well, Boudreaux coached the wild, right? He just he was hired by by Chuck Fletcher. So it's not like the, the two men are unfamiliar with working together. Would that be a good fit? Consider both scenarios. The scenario of aggressive retool, which I think we know at this point, I think we really believe that's unlikely that this massive push this offseason takes place and you have all these veteran players. Or, you mean, look at the youth they have as well. It, would they all be served? Would all masters be served here if Bruce Boudreaux ended up as the next bench boss? Well, you know, Boudreaux, you know, Boudreaux's an older coach. On the other hand, you know, players love playing for the guy. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I think the coach that, that in some ways I could liken him to the most, going back a ways, it was Bill Deneen. Yeah. You know, when, when even, you know, even when he played, coached the Flyers and they didn't make the playoffs, one thing was when, you know, Mark Hal tells us that when, most uh, most players get together and the coaches aren't there, and you lose. There's a lot of bitching and complaining about ice time, or why do you do this, or why do you do that. And he said, when you know, when when Deneen was the coach, guys would go, "Geez, we, we really let Billy down." Yeah. You know, if they lost, it's the same same kind of thing with Boudreaux. Um, is that the players love playing for the guy, and uh, you know, he has he hasn't won a cup, but uh, his team score. And that's that's always that always speaks to players and you it know I, puck. yeah yeah and, and uh you know i mean he's uh he keeps everybody loose it's not that it's not that he doesn't demand accountability you know and and uh you know it, but but he's a coach that players like playing for um you know it's never it's never worked out that he's he's been able to win that elusive stanley cup so yeah i, I mean I, I think he's a guy who if you're you know if you're 
trying to incorporate some young players and he knows the goals that you're working for. And that's a guy who coached in the American League a long, 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 long time. So it's not like he doesn't know about developing players. Um, You know, so, I mean, I I could see him as a guy who fits. Really, you know, we've also talked about John Tortorella. That's really more the coach you go to if you are going for the aggressive retool and and you want to make sure that, uh, you know, tight structure, discipline, accountability, then, you know, then that's your guy, right? Well, I mean, is there – the one thing I've never really, really heard about Bruce teams is that there's an accountability issue. And part of the narrative, of course, when he had the caps and they were winning president's trophies and they weren't able to get past the penguins, nobody was, but uh, you look at that and they said, they just couldn't get Ovechkin to play the right way, but that's not an accountability issue. No, no. And uh, no, that, that's really, you know, that's really more as this team built to win in the playoffs. And yeah. then Ovechkin, Ovechkin answered that. And it was actually, you know, so, you know, when, when they brought in Dale Hunter briefly, and, and remember remember Hunter put Ovechkin fourth line, first power play unit. What a disaster that was. Yeah. Right? Boy, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to make Alex play the right way, or he's, you know, uh, who did that who did the, who did that ultimately hurt? Well, it hurt the Capitals. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, that's amazing. I, he'd be a guy that. I think it's so intriguing because the one thing that Chuck said in the press conference that really sticks out to me is we got to play with the puck more. We have to possess the puck more. And the one thing about Bruce Boudreaux teams is they score. And this is a flyer team that had a hard time scoring. And they're also a team that possesses the puck quite a bit. So they're on offense a lot more. So they defend a lot less by proxy. Sure. And I mean, obviously you got to get them the, uh, the horses to do that. Yeah. Whether it's, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're, yeah, we'll get into that, I guess, another time. But if you have the guys that can move the puck up to the forwards and, you know, and then, yeah, then, then you'll play a style that uh, will will help further that. Will help uh, will help a good possession team actually convert some of those chances and, and be, you know, be a, be a successful team. And then, you know, and then there's always there's always adjustments and counter adjustments. Right. But I mean, I, I, I do think that. Uh, you know, I, I think he has. I think he has a good track record overall. Um, you know, I, I I think people also tend to look back at the, uh, you know, the the uh, road to the Winter Classic thing with. Uh, but I mean, hey, that's a hockey people talk. Yeah. It's not. Uh, you know, that's. It just it just is what it is, and you know, no player is gonna gonna flinch at that. I, I you know, I, I have actually seen some people, you know, bring that up. With, with Bruce as a Bruce Boudreaux as a you know candidate for the Flyers, total non-issue, total non-issue. Yeah, because yeah, he had jelly on his face because he was eating a jelly donut yeah. the one time. But he, but he's like a, a lovable guy. I think yeah. Russ Owen yeah. said it on Buzzcast. He said that um, he's like playing for your grandfather. And you never let, right. you never want to let your grandfather down. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's a, you know, it was like the Bill Deneen effect, right? That nobody, yeah. no, if he scratched a guy, you know, the, the guy wasn't angry. He felt bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's, I mean, I, it's a similar, you know, similar kind of a relationship. So in a way now we're rooting for Toronto to win, to screw my Mitch Marner proposition, <laughs> but maybe Bruce then considers the opt out and signing a long-term deal in Philadelphia because the job he's been pining for his entire life has been that right. Leafs job as an Ontario boy. Right. So now we're in yeah. a pickle barrel here. <laughs> <It's>, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the thing is, is that, uh, you know, and you, you never know, especially in a market like Toronto, but I mean, I mean, 
Keefe has been a good coach for them. I don't know yeah. if they would. I don't know if they would pull the trigger on a coaching change, but uh, you never know. You never only know. Only if the right? GM was gone. Yeah, That's yeah. The only so, way. Yeah, because he was the handpicked guy to take over for Mike Babcock, um, and, and get into that that mix there in Toronto after all those years of the abuse in a lot of ways that Mike Babcock put. Mitch Marner and a lot of those players through. He's a tough guy to play for. We'll see if he ends up back in the NHL. Not a name we've heard around the Flyers yet. Would you even investigate Mike Babcock, assuming he learned some lessons from that experience? I know he's been coaching at university in Saskatchewan. I think any coach that's won a Stanley Cup should be at least on your long list. Um, as you said, we haven't heard him in association with the Flyers. Um, you know, I, I think you have to at least do your due diligence, right? Um, you know, I I don't know, but I but I also think too that if uh, you know that, that if if they His thought name that was mentioned that, around the Flyers when Dave Haxtell was hired, though, it, yeah, he sure was, he sure was. Um, but I'm but I'm thinking, well, if you know, if guys didn't like playing for AV, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, Babcock is another level, so I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know if coaches to that extreme can work with today's athlete. I just don't know if, but are we going to see any sort of, you know, emphasis on coaches and and who you select based on the fact that the scoring this year was way up. We've talked about that, but that's actually going into the playoffs now. I mean, we've talked, we've seen games with seven sixes. I mean, right now I'm watching uh, on my TV, the Tampa Bay lightning have a five spot up on Toronto, Toronto put a five spot up on them. Right. I mean, we're seeing offense galore here. Are we going to see? We are, we're, we're, yeah, we're seeing a ton of penalties, a lot of a lot of power play time. Yeah. So that's uh, you know, the, generally as you get a little deeper into the playoffs, you don't see it becomes more of a five on five game. Mm-hmm. So I'll be I'll be interested to see if if that keeps up, and that would, you know, I I would anticipate that if play stays mainly at five on five, scoring will go down with it. You know, um, but who but who knows? You know, who knows? I mean. I, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's certain series, like the Dallas series hasn't had a ton of scoring, but, uh, you know, but it, but, uh, but the series in general kind of, kind of have. So, you know, but I, I mean, I think, I think that's a good thing. You know, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the scoring keep up just because there, there's so many, there's so many playoff years and you can even go back to the, to the devil's heyday, you know, the, uh, the, the LaMare years where it was a game to one. You know, yeah. and, and whichever team scored first, I mean, you even look at the regular season probabilities of it, but in the playoffs, it seemed even higher. It was a game to one. And you know, I think a lot of the Tortorella teams, if they trailed, forget it. And if they were ahead, you could, even one nothing, you were in trouble. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I like that, you know, I like that down one nothing isn't necessarily fatal or, or that uh, a team can't come back. Even, you know, even in the, uh, you know, the, the, Tampa Toronto series were, were the last game that really came down to uh, an empty net goal, you know, and a puck that wasn't held in because Tampa was really threatening to tie that game after they were trailing three, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you look at the four, two final, but that was, that was in doubt right up to the empty net goal. So, you know, Hey, that again, that, that all, that all adds to the entertainment of the game. It all, it all adds to the drama of it. So I think it's a good thing. The New Jersey Devils were the person that plays chess and just gets one pawn up on you, then trades pieces the rest of the way yeah. to eventually walk a piece down the board and get an extra queen. <laughs> that, that's And it's a, it's a boring style to watch. The game is, I mean, I think part of this too, you know, the evolution of hockey 
through periods, sometimes it evolves at a snail's pace and other times it evolves at a sprint. And right now it's changing at a sprint level. Just look at the last three years and yeah. all of this creativity and skill that has entered this league. I think this is the byproduct. The question is, will the coaches for the people that love offense try and ruin it and lock the game back down? That's what they're going to try and do. Oh, sure. And, and all it's going to take is a team that plays that way winning. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, you know, it's such a copycat league, Jason, as you know. So, yeah. you know, if, if you have a, a high scoring team that goes all the way, then, hey, every everyone will, you know, do what you were just saying. Hey, you know, it's go, 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 push the offense. And then it takes a, a team that, that locks it down and they win a low scoring series. Maybe they win a couple two one three two games in overtime. They win the series and they go on and they win the cup. And, you know, then all of a sudden it, it goes back the other way again. So, you know, I, I mean, I, and I, I think it's going to always be that way. There's always going to be, you know, there, there's always going to be periods where, I mean, it seemed like scoring was down for a long, long time. Even after, you know, even even though scoring went up again after the, you know, the 04 lockout, right? I, I mean, it didn't go up so dramatically. It went up. It went up, but then there was the, you know, then there was the counter effect again. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the things that started being called penalties kind of reverted, which you knew was going to happen. Yeah. Right. And, and the, you know, the score went back down again. Uh, the year that, the year that Jamie Ben won the Art Ross trophy, what do you have, like 84, 85 points yeah. from the Art Ross that year? And then you look where, you know, I mean, that this year, and yeah, this year you had a, a bunch of 100 point scorers. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, uh, I I don't know. I, I think there's always going to be a little bit of that push pull, but I'd like I'd like to see it go back more towards the offensive side. Although, you know, from from a flyer standpoint, hey, they have a lot of catching up to do in that regard. When when 52 points led the team in scoring, so yeah, you know, if that if that's if that's the way the league is going to continue to go, the Flyers definitely need to to get moving to catch up. There were five players in, or eight players this year in the NHL with more than a hundred points. Yeah. And JT Miller knocked on the door at 99, which is incredible. And uh, yeah, I mean, guys, it looks like every, oh, everybody having a career year, but um, there's just so much skill in this league. Bill, well, we'll see what happens tomorrow night with the NHL draft lottery. Uh, great stuff, as always, on another Monday with Meltzer. And uh, we'll see what happens this week and see if we get any uh, news dropping uh, on our doorstep as well. You never know. Uh, keep your phone on, people, because you never know when we may get information on a coach or anything here as we uh, head into this offseason. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on a brand new Flyers Daily coming up on Wednesday right here on the Flyers Broadcast Network.